The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 196th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Somewhat, and I am the host of this lovely show. And joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how are you doing? I am doing great. Uh, got some family in town. We did a little, they did a little fresh fish Friday night. And Ooh. most importantly... I got a awesome guest. My nephew Enzo is in town, and he has a new um, he has a new puppy, and the puppy happens to be my dream puppy. It is a English bulldog. His name is Ace, <laughs> and um, they're staying at a hotel, so they needed somewhere to keep uh, keep Ace. And I was like, "Come on down, so, yeah." So I put a little video up on Twitter, if you follow me at Floyd Johnson Jr., (coughs) of Ace being at the house coming up from under the bed. He's such a cutie patootie. Love him. Just just amazing. Just puts me in a better mood uh, already, just having him here. And I got to see some family, which was cool. And yeah, it's just uh, overall, in general, a good day. Yeah, um, I'm doing well. Um, if you're wondering why our episode is coming out a day later than it normally does, uh, it's because of me. Because I had a very early call in when it came to work. Um, I had to drive up to uh, my place of work actually to get my equipment, which takes about 45 minutes. Uh, I did that at about like 1230, I think is when I did it. And then I had to sleep for about four hours to drive to East Lansing uh, at MSU to start uh, doing some work. Uh, and I got there at like 8.30 in the morning and was there until like 6 o'clock. So I'm very tired, but I'm holding it together. Um, but yeah, that was the reason why I literally found out super late, and I was just like, well, we can't do the show, Floyd. I got work. So that's the reason why. But also, honestly, after what's happened today, it's kind of a good reason why we waited. Uh, and, but, and we're... I was gonna say we're recording doing rampage, so we're just gonna get rid of the rampage preview. There's no point. Yeah, there's no point. Right <laughs> it's like, like I said, you, yeah, we're, you we're literally recording it yeah. during rampage. You're gonna be you had we would have watched rampage before <laughs> you got the preview. So enjoy exactly. rampage. Great matches tonight. So yeah. 
So Absolutely. But yes, we got a lot to talk about. Of course, uh, AEW Dynamite took place in uh, Washington, D.C., which we'll talk about. There was a lot of great stuff to watch on that episode of Dynamite. And of course, we are the as we are recording this, uh, we're less than 24 hours away from the debut of AEW Collision on Saturday nights. Um, and it's going to be at the United Center featuring the return of CM Punk. Uh, we're going to get into all of that. And of course, yes, the the ESPN uh, article. But before we get into everything, uh, we want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify, wherever you choose to listen to us, please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. And also be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. It really does help out the show as well if, if you leave a rating and a review. That also helps out a ton. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at AT Elite Pod, and you can also follow at Social Suplex on Twitter. They make this show possible. We would not be able to be part of a, such an amazing network of podcasts if it wasn't for those guys. So check out all the other shows they have on their network. And I am at Austin Sumowitz, S Z U M O W I C Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And the news of the week is what broke uh, today as we were recording this it's the bombshell. The bombshell of the interview that was said to shake AEW to its core that was gonna it was gonna be one of those weeks though all the dirt sheets were reporting and oh people aren't happy about this interview that Punk did with ESPN and it was an interview that was coming out in build up to AEW Collision everyone was being like oh people are mad oh this is so like this is gonna be a big bad look for AEW Punk oh God here we go it's already started. Uh, so the article came out today. Uh, it was written. Uh, actually, let me make sure I get who we wrote. It was written by uh, Mark uh, Ramondi, and uh, he's an ESPN staff writer. And it's it's honestly it's well written. I will say firmly, um, the interview is a nice little uh, read. But I like this was honest to God my thought process as I finished the whole thing as I was looking to see you know I was expecting you know the bombshell all the things that he said that got people angry. And I look and I'm, I get to the bottom of the, in the end of, of the of the interview in the end of the piece, and I literally just go, "That's it. This this is what's got backstage in a tizzy. This mostly just recounting of stuff that we've already heard through rumors and reports that people have already been talking about for months ad nauseum. There was barely any new things that were said in this thing." That this is what's getting people so worked up? Dude, if you listen to our show, there literally is nothing new actually presented except the confirmation that he apologized to Tony Khan. I think that's new. I'm not even 100% sure that's new, but I believe that's new. I hadn't heard that before, that he apologized to Tony Khan. But in a way, we've even said that. Like when people are like he owes them an apology. How do oh we always ask? How do you know he hasn't apologized? Mm-hmm. We always ask that, right? We're like, how did you? How do you know he hasn't already apologized? He already apologized to Tony Khan, right? Apparently, he tried to apologize to the Bucks. They didn't want to talk to him, which is news we heard. And guess what? They don't have to talk to him. They yes. don't have to accept his apology. I'm not because I, I like I said, the biggest thing that gets caught up in here is generally when me and you are 
playing around, having fun, because this is a fan podcast. This is not journalism. We're playing around. We're like, oh, it's all Hangman's fault. It's all the Bucks' fault, all right? Jokingly, we take a side. But really, I'm talking about as two grown-ass men that work... Uh, that work in corporate environments. You work with people you don't like, right? Yes. It happens. You know, <laughs> you know what? There are people that you like that don't like each other, right? Mm-hmm. It happens. Again, CM Punk, whether, let's say you're an elite fan, right? You're an elite fan. You love watching elite, blah, blah, blah. You love the hangman. You love Kenny. CM Punk did nothing to you. Zero. He did nothing to you. He offended the elite. He got in an altercation with the elite. The only apologizing that needs to happen is between him and the elite. CM Punk does not owe you as a fan an apology, right? Hangman went into business for himself, whatever you want to believe. Whatever you want to believe, right? I am a CM Punk fan. Hangman Page did nothing to me. He was Punk was going to be out no matter what. We yes. weren't going to see Hunk Punk anyway. He didn't take Punk away from me for any amount of time. Punk was hurt. Hangman Page did nothing to me. So I am not mad at Hangman Page. I am not mad at the Young Bucks. I am not mad at Kenny Omega. Because this shit has nothing to do with me. I am a wrestling fan. I'm just going to watch wrestling. I'm going to watch Dynamite. I'm going to watch Rampage. And I'm going to watch Collision. Because I just like wrestling. I watch New Japan. I watch WWE when I, you know, feeling hits me. Oh, whatever. I watch whatever I want. Because what happens between these guys in the background, even if reported, is still none of my business to get upset about. I don't, you don't have to be Team Elite. You don't have to be Team Punk, which I want to be clear, it's Team Punk. FTR wasn't even there. Yes. They weren't, the only comments they've ever said is, I hope we can get past this and work together. That's it. They have not said Punk was right. They have not said the Young Buck is right. You're talking to a person that has listened to every Dax interview. Every he straight Dax up says, we only know what we've heard. Yeah. They every, weren't there. Yeah, every Doc's podcast. And if somebody brings me audio of this man saying Punk is right and the Young Bucks is wrong or Hangman is wrong and the Punk is right, if you give me one piece of audio that says that, I will shut the fuck up forever. Because I have not heard it one time. And believe me, there's not a person that listens to more FTR stuff than I do. I paid subscriptions to just listen to FTR's interview and then canceled it right after. So tell me where you've heard that. And this is not me defending FTR because they don't need defense because they're grown ass men. I'm just saying facts is facts. They didn't say shit. All they said is they hope all three of them, all of them can work together. Oh, I'm sorry. That's you're a terrible person. Go away. Okay, whatever. I'm gonna go off on a whole tangent. This whole shit is stupid. 
I it was fun. I was like, I'm not mad because guess what? I got a fun press conference from CM Punk. I got yes. a whole two months of arguing over line of who's right and speculations. I got a lot of entertainment out of CM Punk's press conference. A million people have watched the damn video. Probably the most watched video in AEW history. It's It was great. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this whole rigmarole. But at this point, we're not saying anything new. This yeah. guy jumped on my Twitter and was like, oh, I'm Team Punk. And I'm like, I hate the elite. You know, you know, I'm Team Elite or whatever. And I'm like, I love the Young Bucks. I love Kenny Omega. I love Hangman. It literally breaks my heart. And this is just referring to Kenny Omega. That I cannot be there to watch Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay, two of the best elite wrestlers of this generation, have a match with each other. It breaks my heart my heart i am almost as upset about that as i am not being able to go to see him at ftr tomorrow that's how much i love kenny omega as a wrestler as a performer that dude's amazing i really am not on the side i know that seems super wishy-washy but like i said anything i said before like oh yeah punk is right hangman's wrong that was joking i was having fun i i, I if you taking me serious i apologize that was never in my intent this is stupid at this point. Yeah. Watch Rampage. Watch Collision. Watch Dynamite. Don't watch Dynamite. Don't watch Collision. I don't give a fuck at this point. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> again, honestly, at this point, dude, I will say this firmly. I believe the people that have looked the worst out of all this, um, mine, I would say, honestly, the like the only person I would say that kind of looks the worst out of this all is is Tony Khan. But I at this, like I said, at this point, I don't really care. But in my personal opinion, the people that look the worst in this are not CM Punk, are not FTR, are not the Young Bucks, are not Kenny Omega, are not Hangman Adam Page. It's the fans. Y'all are insane. The way that you go about this is insane. You don't know these people. And look, have I outwardly say said, like, I am a mega CM Punk fan? Absolutely. But I, I posted this on my Instagram story, if you happen to follow it. I have pictures with all these motherfuckers. Every single one of them that's involved with this. CM Punk, FTR, Hangman, Kenny, The Bucks, all of them. Stood in line, a- I've stood in line like seven times to meet Kenny Omega. Yep, I hate that guy. I, I hate him so him. much. I keep throwing on my, giving all my money to him. I'm literally right there with you, dude. Yeah, right there with you. Literally, uh, out of all the autographs from AEW, like literally, I have Kenny Omega's autograph the most. I hate I hate the Elite so much. To ignore the fact that I bought their awesome Elite pick, uh, shirt that they released when they first debuted Carry On My Wayward Son. Ignore the fact that I bought that shirt and I thought it was super freaking cool. Guys, you don't know these people. Yes. The only thing that affects you is if they get in a ring and fake fight for this super rare lightning in a bottle, meta reality, just pro wrestling muddy bullshit that we all want to see. Yeah, That's the only thing that affects us. And just getting to at least mention the ESPN article, because I know I didn't mention at least the specifics. The only thing that was mentioned that was at least somewhat, like I said, a lot of this stuff had been reported on already, but like, Punk said spring 2022 was when the division happened. He said he felt like he had a pretty solid relationship, including when he approached Omega, ensuring that 
anything he was doing in making sure he didn't infringe on spots that he had planned in his matches uh, and also checking on Hangman when he was uh, when he had COVID. Um, and then he mentioned how that May 25th episode of Dynamite where he did the workers rights line. He said they did similar. He did similar segments with MJF and Eddie Kingston. But before they got into the ring, they talked about what they were going to talk about. They had everything like worked out of like, OK, this is what I'm going to say. This is what you're going to say is going to be great. And then Hangman apparently strayed away from that and Punk confronted him about it and basically said the reason why was because of the Cabana thing and he mentioned it because of uh, um, Young Bucks and then he continues down the road the only things that he said too that was when he mentioned the match itself at Double or Nothing saying uh, it was a garbage match because he's trying to protect himself instead of just trying to work and trying to put on the best performance he's like I'm keeping an eye out he chopped me in the mouth one time I'm like okay did you do that on purpose you chipped my tooth and I'm like "All right, should I give him a receipt Changed the dynamic, poisoned everything, and made it really ugly. And that's what set it off. And we are here over a year later, and ain't shit been done about it. And he said, he, like it said, he apologized to Tony Khan. He said he was regretting, regretful the way that uh, things went about it. He said, it's you're looking at a very frustrated guy who had told people. And also, all of a sudden, he had also found out like he's hurt, and he was going to be out for months again after just being back. It was only his second match back. He's like, yep, it's like it's frustrated, but it's like, yeah, I handle it the wrong way, 100 percent. But I mean, dude, that's that's it. He said that he said the same thing that I said, where it says this has happened in the last 10 months in hockey, baseball, basketball, every sport. And it's covered and it's gone the next day. And he said basically because I've been out for so long with my tricep injury, it's been exacerbated and people keep spreading lies about the whole thing. Exactly what I have said. This happens in everything else. Draymond Green from the Golden State Warriors punched his teammate, punched his teammate Jordan Poole in the face, and it was caught on video and posted to Twitter. I they made the playoffs. I don't think Draymond got suspended or anything. I'm pretty sure, like they maybe just like said, "Don't come to practice to, tomorrow." Don't whatever. come to practice for the next few days, and then they didn't come, and then they came back, and then they were on the same team. And then people stopped talking about it too. It wasn't constantly about this whole thing. Again, this is nothing new. And this is supposed to be the bombshell news and the bombshell interview that got the entire backstage and people backstage furious and all this kind of stuff. Even when it includes Kenny Omega saying things that like, you know, it was a terrible situation and we want to move past it. And Hangman's, I mean, and the Bucks, I mean, uh, Punk saying basically, yes. I'm open to having a full fucking sit down powwow and it hasn't happened. And I've tried. And the only thing you see and like, again, he talked about how he wanted a uh, collision to be improved and like what he wants it to be like with how this show starts off. Again, y'all are ridiculous with the way that you are being about this. I've said before, I'm a CM Punk fan, but I do not hate the young bucks. Kenny Omega Hangman on page. I don't hate any of these guys. I love these guys. It's it's disappointing that things have gone down this way. But again, I think more so than anything, this whole debacle has shown the worst in pro wrestling fans because the tribalism has kicked into overdrive. Like I said, this was what I was worried about when the Bucks came back and when and Kenny came back and the fans were already going down this path. This was what I was worried about. And you see it with the way that people are grasping at anything they can possibly use 
to try to like discredit anything that Punk said or to try to turn it around or people going haywire and being like, see, Punk was right about the whole situation. The Bucks are garbage and Hangman sucks and they should all be gone. It's like, shut up and enjoy the wrestling. This does not concern you. We're not supposed to be previewed to any of this. This isn't supposed to be previewed to any of us. Yeah. The only thing that we're supposed to see is what's on TV. And we don't know what that's going to be like yet. No. We don't know what Collision is going to be like. We don't know what Dynamite's going to be like. We don't know what the pay-per-views are going to be like and when we're eventually going to get to a point where they're going to be on the same shows as each other. Yeah. And because it, it, you cannot tell you cannot tell me that they're going to be months and months and months of this where they're just like what? Kept in separate locker rooms and then also kept on opposite sides of the arena for pay-per-views? There's no way that is going to be the case. This will get hashed out. This will get like at least put to the side and then we're going to do business. Yeah. And business is entertaining me. That's why I don't ca- like I've said I don't care if this bothers you. I don't care if you are upset that he is back. The thing that entertains me in wrestling at this point in time the most is CM Punk. So I would like him to do what I want to see him do, which is be CM Punk. Yes. And when I say be CM Punk, I mean be straight edge dick, rub it in your face, constantly saying he's better than you, CM Punk. Yes. So there we go. That's what like, we want. Are, can we can we be done now? He's gonna be on TV in less than twenty four hours. Can yes. we be done with this? Dude, and it's the like, constant sharing of Twitter videos of like, oh, the Washington DC crowd booing the CM Punk vignette vignette. And then literally you have Kenny Omega after the show being like because they started chanting CM Punk as well at the Elite. It's like you can hate us, you can love us, you can want to see us beat up the people that you like, you can want us to see us see us get beat up by the people you like. Just tune in and watch. That's what we want. Yeah. Kenny Omega is saying that. So can we calm the fuck down? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we hope so. We hope so. And you, you're hearing us this time because we are trying, we are in this particular case, we as impartial as we want to be. You know, I am a CMFTR fan. But I'm also very much a fan of the elite, and it's just like I said, it's been fun. It's been, but the one thing we really don't need as fans of AEW is a divide in the fandom. We really don't. It's just like, you know, um, I mean, the, the whole thing is the company's still a startup. It's still in its first five years. We still should be supporting it as much as it can, buying the merch and all that stuff. I'm not saying you got to be CM Punk's biggest fan or go to any of his meet and greets or anything, but you should ingest, you know, keep supporting the product. So, hey, that's my only thought of it. Just, I always been, like, at the beginning, stay vigilant. And I'm like, stay vigilant for AEW. I mean, because you don't want a show to fail. Because in the end, if stuff starts failing, we go back to where we were for 20 years, roughly, with only WWE as an option. And who wants that? Who wants that? Exactly. So keep supporting AEW. Don't cheer when they don't do on a good audience because that doesn't just affect CM Punk. That doesn't just affect CM Punk. That affects AEW as a whole company. It, uh, it affects people in merchandise, all the people in there when they do bad numbers. It doesn't just affect one guy. 
And it's like the idea, CM Punk's getting paid no matter what. I don't know what his salary is, but he's getting paid whether they draw or not. Guaranteed contracts in AEW from what I understand. So he's getting paid whether they draw or not. But you're the people that, you know, work around and depending on AEW to be a company, you know, they don't necessarily have that same luxury. So I don't know. I'm talking out at this point in time. I'm just like, this is like I said, I need us to quit talking about it at this point. Watch what you want to watch. I hope you watch all AEW. I hope you support AEW. And if you hate Punk, I hope you boo the shit out of them. And if I hate you hate the Elite, I hope you boo the shit out of them. Because you know what? They are very entertaining professionals and they can flip it no matter what. Don't boo FTR because they had nothing to do with this shit. Okay? <laughs> I don't know Damn why straight. you didn't mad at Dax and Cash. They had literally nothing to do with this shit. Dax was probably on a plane back to North Carolina while that fight was going on. Because that dude goes straight to the airline and goes straight the fuck home. <laughs> so <laughs> I hate FTR. Why? <laughs> he, they're friends with CM Punk. Like, you realize how psychotic you are. Correct. I hate you because of the people that you consider friends. Yes. It's like, I, Insane. I don't... Unless you're friends with somebody who's like a Nazi or some like crazy hateful like 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 outrageous shit i don't give a fuck who you're friends with yeah yeah because you know that's what? simple because i don't like i said i don't know why that uh i uh, i don't know why cm punk and f and the young books having a problem would affect how ftr fix feels about cm punk why would that yeah. <laughs> like I like I said, if you you Austin had a problem with one of my friends and your problem was completely independent of me, I'm like Dude, I lived yeah. in a dorm I lived in an apartment with like three other guys and all of them hated each other, but they were all cool with me and I was cool with pretty much all of them. Ah uh, yeah. But sir, you gotta get some sleep. So yes. we should probably move on and actually As, go. Yes, go we ahead. actually should talk about the, <laughs> the show, show itself. Yes, you you have work the mo tomorrow. I have work tomorrow, <laughs> and plus I want to be able to be awake enough to watch Collision. So you know, that's, yeah. it is what it is. Um, so let's get into AEW Dynamite from this past week at Washington D.C. in the Capital One Arena, which opened up with the AEW World Championship Eliminator match between MJF and Adam Cole. Cole wins. Gets a shot at the AEW World Championship. It was a damn, damn, damn good match. MJF was just healing it up. There was a point where Max got super kicked in the in the face so hard that the blood just coming out of his mouth. It was a crazy, crazy good uh, uh, image. Uh, MJF was working uh, his arm repeatedly. Uh, and they were really beating the hell out of each other. Adam Cole was selling like crazy too. Like I loved how big of a pop he got after he got put uh, through the elbow drop off of the top rope to the outside through the the uh, timekeeper's table. Um, like that looked vicious. And then the way Adam Cole sold it to be able to beat the 10 count actually got a really good pop too. Um, and these guys were just beating the living crap out of each other. Um, but... As the match continues to go on, MJF accidentally collides with the referee of inadvertently. He grabs his world championship and tosses it to Adam Cole. And it looks like, 
oh, Adam Cole's going to get caught like Eddie Guerrero style. Like MJF is going to get one over on Adam Cole. The ref gets up and he drops again as he is about to look at MJ- Adam Cole. Absolutely amazing spot. Like an, a spot that we've seen plenty of times in wrestling that we always kind of expect and stuff like that. But you turned it on its head and you just you flipped it in an incredibly creative way. And so Adam Cole, because the ref was still down uh, after the uh, little fake out, he does crack MJF in the head with the uh, title belt, goes for the boom knee, but MJF kicks out at two, which was such a good near fall. Um, Then MJF proceeds to get the referee distracted and low blow Adam Cole uh, with a behind-the-back kick, and then he gets his dynamite diamond ring. However... That's when uh, the referee caught him and got rid of it. Uh, Super kick, Panama Sunrise, boom knee. He covers him. And then as the referee goes to make the count, as he hits two, the bell rings. Time limit draw. It caught me completely off guard. I was like, oh, my God, because I heard uh, Justin Roberts mention 10 minutes gone by, 10 remaining. And I was like, okay, so they are still doing the time limits and all that kind of stuff. And then it was a time limit draw. I was like, wow. And Adam Cole, after the match, said five more minutes, and the fans wanted it so bad. And I'm like, he ain't taking that. Why does he have to take that? Like, this is a legit ending. Like, and MJF will take that. Absolutely, he will take that. Um, But yeah, this was a damn, damn, damn good opener, too. Um, And yeah, I'm so excited to see how this feud continues. And it was, for this being the first match, too, uh, on TV, it was really freaking good. And let me tell you, uh, this match, it's funny because we're looking at the last two weeks, <coughs> whether you're watching the ratings or not. Basically, you've had two, what I believe, based on my love for wrestling and what I like in wrestling, were two AEW Dynamite matches of the year. Last week with Swerve and Orange, uh, Orange Cassidy. This week with MJF and Adam Cole. This match was amazing. And I, I made this point. Uh, with uh, we were doing kind of our pre-show last night that we can get to it. This felt like Adam Cole's uh, NXT Adam Cole's first AEW match. Like I think Adam Cole has done really good in AEW over since he got there, right? But and this is a huge but. I don't feel like he had had ha- has had one of his NXT level matches, like. When he was on a takeover and just fucking killing it. I don't think he'd ever done that. That's what last night fell out. That felt like Adam Cole. That felt like the blue chipper that you signed from NXT. That feels like one of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, he was he was on. Him and MJF worked perfect together. Uh, the amazing selling with the arm. Uh, when he did the tombstone on the head because Adam Cole has concussion issues. Dude, it was, oh, it was vicious. Yeah, it, it was great. I I only have one tiny small critique, and again, this is just me being me and me being old. I wish his finishers finished. Yeah, that's the thing. Adam Cole, and that, this was him with te- with NXT too, like the near falls. Yes. Oh, the near falls. You know, if you get an Adam Cole like main event singles match or whatever. There's going to be at least like five near falls off of finishers, and the finishers all of a sudden are going to be like they just don't work. 
Yeah, I mean, he hits him with the Panama Sunrise, hits him with the Brain Buster on the knee, hits him with the Boom Drop, and he kicks out of everything. They're all like, God, good Lord. And because he's kicked out of everything, right, are you going to buy the false finishes when they do this rematch for real? Because he's already kicked them out of everything. And it's just like, and I'm not saying, and I want to be clear, I'm not saying MJF should have lost. I'm saying... MJF should have moved out of the way on those moves and he should have not hit them. <laughs> At least until the finish when the time limit draw hit. Yes, and there you go. Save that boom knee. Let's say you hit the Panama Sunrise, the brain buster on the knee, all that stuff. You save that boom knee to that last one where everybody seems he just got the boom and everyone thinks it's over and then they make that count. Me personally, when he hit the boom knee, all in my head was like, oh, they're doing the time limit draw. Uh, because it just felt like, you know, he had already kicked out of that move where they had the clear finish early. So, again, small critique. I, again, I want to let everybody know, my critique doesn't mean I didn't like the match. It was yes. still one of my AEW matches of the year. It's, I'm going to say it's in my top two <laughs> off the top of my head. And it's like, I'll have to go back and watch as the year gets closer. But, man, that match was amazing. This is, this is AEW. This is AEW. If you ask the difference between AEW and any other company, this is any other company that has a live TV without saying their name. This was the first match of the night. Oh my god, yeah. that was the first match. That that just tells you everything I know. That was that was the thing. It was amazing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on, there was the CM Punk Punk uh, hype package that aired, um, which. Um, it was a cool little video, um, but basically amounted to him saying he's not, he doesn't know what he's going to do or what he's going to say until he has that microphone in his hand. And then this made, I was just, I just, I, I grinned and I chuckled like, like an evil chuckle when he just goes, I have a lot of things to get off my chest. And I'm like, as a CM Punk fan, I'm like, I see what you're doing. Okay, let's fucking go. I'm just like, hell yeah. But we've talked enough about punk on this episode. Uh, next up, uh, Sammy Guevara was in the middle of the ring getting interviewed and he said, basically, you know, Hey, uh, it's been a hell of a ride. Uh, my wife's pregnant. We made that announcement at double or nothing. And if you guys didn't know, we're having a girl. God, their fucking, uh, gender reveal was just too much. I saw the vlog. Dear God, like it's too much. Dude, it's if you just... pay attention to any, either one of them, that is, I mean, it's on it's, brand. It's on yeah, brand, it's but it's, on it's, brand. it's too much. It's yeah, too I, much. I, I, I'm not saying it caught me off guard. It absolutely made sense, but I was like, God fucking damn, dude. Like, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. Um, but anyways, uh, he talks about how, you know, I felt the highest of highs with all this, but the lowest of lows by being so close to being world champion and falling short. I have some tough decisions. I have to make some changes. And Darby Allen then comes out being like, you know what? I mean this, man. Congrats on the baby girl. But I don't know about you, man, but it sounds like they're starting to like you again. They're starting to love you again. But are you going to stand on your own two feet or are you living in the shadow of the JAS? It's like, you don't have to answer my question right now, Sammy, but I think we know the answer. That's when Jericho comes out and he's not happy whatsoever. And he goes, basically, Sammy... The whole three months you were chasing him, you never called me once. You never asked for help. The guy who made you a star, you would ask Chris Jericho for help. You'd be standing here as the AEW World Championship. And Sammy goes, if you would have called me, 
you wouldn't have lost to Adam Cole twice, Jericho. He's like, look, you're having some delusions of grandeur from your brush in the main event a few weeks ago, so I'm going to give you a chance to apologize to me. And Sam's like, I ain't apologizing for shit. He's like, you know what? Maybe we have to reunite like sex gods and have a tag match next week, and you can remember who your boss is. And Darby made a really good line saying, you can call yourself a wizard, but when you step in the ring, the magic is gone. And I was like, wow, that is damning. Um, and then Jericho goes, maybe Sammy and I should beat the living hell out of you two right now one-on-one. Sammy, and like, Sammy has that look on his face like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, like, Bro, I, I didn't agree to any of this. Exactly. And Darby goes, I ain't alone. And here comes Sting. And then the, Sting and Jericho. Great seeing these two face off again. Yes, uh, Jericho, the worker of the year, tweeting on Twitter that he he had there was no interest of a match between him and him and Sting, dude. Like what? A few days before they announced a match between Jericho and Sting. Yup, y'all got worked. Um, and Jericho and Sting stare each other down. Jericho points his bat at Sting, and Sting pushes it aside and holds his bat next to Jericho. They push it away. And then they start smacking each other. I mean, they start smacking each other's bats at each other. But eventually, though, he leaves the ring. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was, a good, it was a nice little segment. I personally, like, you know what? The, the, the baby announcement was cool and all that. But remember who also had a baby announcement, like a gender reveal thing? He didn't get cheered uh, a couple months after that happened, I will say. So don't make the same mistakes, dude. Cody got booed to shit. Well, not saying that the the gender reveal was the cause of that. But I'm, I'm just saying, say, dude, I mean, fans I mean, already were kind of lukewarm. Cody, Cody, Cody's my guy, but he he did a pro America uh, promo that uh, pretty much uh, you know confirmed to to everyone that they should hate him for some reason. I like I said, I have no problem with the promo, but I mean anybody that's paying attention can tell you that's where it went. <laughs> full left but um yeah no i'm pretty sure that they were kind of sick of you know the baby and the gender reveal and all that kind of stuff i'm not saying that they weren't but you know i don't know it's it's uh it's one of those things it's um it's a slippery slope yeah there is you can get some kind of credit and you are getting going to get some of the love from uh, uh, you're gonna get some of the love from it, but if you do it too much, you're gonna get some for hate of it. If he's cutting every promo and every promo he's talking about his baby and his wife, people are gonna turn on him. That's that's just how wrestling is. It's unfortunate, but that's how wrestling is. I I mean, Dax. Uh, you know, I saw people kind of turning on Dax when he brings up. Paying the bills, it's like this is what I do to feed my family. I've heard people make jokes about that. It's just like if you get too repetitive about that kind of stuff, people turn on you. Yeah. Uh, then, and a lot of stuff I will say uh, in regards to Forbidden Door, and I was like, wow. Sonata appears on television and appears on screen, and the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion issues an open challenge for Forbidden Door for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. And I was just like, let's fucking go. Um, I'm actually going to go ahead and just mention all the things that they had uh, related and endure at least right now just to be able to get it all out. Um, 
Hiroshi Tanahashi also appeared on screen, and the ace himself calls out MJF, saying, as long as you're champion, that belt won't shine like it should. I became this close last year to beating Moxley for that title. So at Forbidden Door this year, MJF faced me for that title one-on-one. And MJF was like, sorry, what? Yeah, I'm going to say no to that. As I don't feel like giving a world title shot to some rinky-dink indie fed from Japan. And as far as Tony Khan booking me, wouldn't be the first time I no-showed somebody something that someone booked me for. So no can do but Takashi, uh, Tanahashi. Uh, that did not work. That match is still official. So MJF, uh, too bad, so sad. But holy shit. Um, and then uh, Orange Cassidy was being interviewed backstage later in the night. And Zack Sabre Jr. interrupts him saying, you mentioned my name a few weeks at the media scrum. I might be the first ever New Japan World Television Champion. But next Sunday's Forbidden Door, Daniel Garcia then gets involved, being like, you don't even work here. Uh, the idea of being a double champion sounds good to me, though. Where's your boy Shibata? And he's like, oh, he'll be here. So how about you two uh, guys fight us, me and Shibata, next week on Dynamite? Which I was just like, God fucking damn. Um, and then uh, closing things out as well for that stuff, um, Jungle Hook was backstage, and Jungle Boy Jack Perry accepts Sonata's open challenge for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. And he said, basically, to Jung- to Hook being like, you know what? Uh, it's back to Jungle Hook after I win this thing, but you're my best friend. It would mean the world to me if you had my back and we were in my corner. And Hook was like, okay, and fist bumped him. And I was just like, god damn, dude. <laughs> like, you get, like, two matches or whatever with Jungle Hook, and all of a sudden you're like, I'm going after the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. But I'll be in the stupid little tag team with Hook as well after I'm, I win this thing. But you know what? Just be in my corner now. Be on my side with this thing. Okay, sure, whatever. But damn, Jungle Boy and Sonata, though. That is so so, so so I love how Hook is already his best friend. But I guess. Since, yeah, you that know, quickly, yes. I guess it's Lucha. I mean, Stunt, Marco Stunt's fired or gone. Uh, Luchasaurus turned on him and Christian turned on him. Yeah, I guess it's. Best friend opening was wide, you know, kind of wide open in there. He had to, he had to fill it at some point. Yeah, he's so pretty. Everyone hates him. Sorry, so, <laughs> all he could do was find someone that matches his prettiness. That's what happened. That's why they work. They, neither one of them intimidate each other because they're both good looking. So there you go. There you go. But, anyways, we then had an eight man tag match between Mogul Embassy, Swerve Strickland, Brian Cage, and the Gates of Anarchy. Agony, sorry, uh, versus Sting, Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy, and Keith Lee. There was a ton of stuff in this match. Shout out to uh, Brian Cage with the Sting paint, I will say. Um, that face paint was awesome looking. Um, <clears throat> these I originally, guys. I originally thought it was funny when I first saw it. I thought it was like <laughs> Sting was part of this team called the Blade Runners uh, with Ultimate Warrior. Uh, I thought it was an homage to that, but it's just really young Sting. And, and the reason it threw me off is because his hair wasn't really blonde, which, yeah. you know, I don't go all the way with it. You got the gear on, you got the paint. I should have got it. Uh, but slash out, that was like really young Sting, which is really cool. Uh, shout out to Brian and uh, Cage for doing that. Uh, yeah, that was, I just thought that was awesome. Fanboy out. I mean, that's exactly what I would do if I was wrestling like Damn one of straight. my heroes. Yeah. 
then uh, the match itself was uh, a lot of fun with Danny Garcia watching uh, backstage as well. Darby was getting fucking chucked around by all the big man, and it was just absolutely insane. Um, Gates of Anarchy were just kind of eh, I will say, in this match. Uh, but Swerve and Keith Lee, the little moments they did was pretty cool. Keith Lee had some uh, pretty solid stuff in this. This was pretty good, I would say. It wasn't great, but it was pretty good, I would say. Um, obviously, I've always never been a massive fan of multi-man tags like this. Like four, You get more than four people on a team, you're basically doing Survivor Series, is my opinion. Uh, but AEW has done multi-tag matches like this well. This one was all right. I will say it wasn't amazing, but it was all right. And I firmly believe it's because AEW does these types of tag matches best when it's people like the Young Bucks, like Kenny, like like Private Party or like uh, uh, Top Flight and stuff like that. Guys that can be like super fast paced and then just come in, do their shit. And then all of a sudden they're gone because they're so fast and quick and can do a whole bunch of stuff and get all their spots in. Uh, this was all right, though. Yeah, I mean, it was a match. Uh, Gates of Agony, they actually, they have a perfect role as, uh, you know, a part of Swerve's heaters. Because uh, I think without the group, they're kind of just there. But in the group, they definitely seem a lot more menacing, especially with Brian Cage there. This was a good match. Um, it kind of went the way you thought it was going to go. But yeah, it's like, you know, I honestly, like I said, Gates of Agony is like, People ask, what do you think about them? And all I can say is I don't. I just don't think about them. They're they're there. And that's not negative. That's not positive. It's just nothing. I I don't I yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think that's Swerve, about it, yeah. Swerve's a star. I mean Swerve's a star and the group makes him look like even bigger of a star. Brian Cage is your main muscle, makes you look like a even bigger to star. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the TNT Championship match between Wardlow and Jake Hager. This was also, I will say, fine. It was pretty much, uh, uh, there was a nice little moment where Matt Menard and Angela Parker gets chased off by a Arn Anderson. Um, and even, uh, Brock Anderson came down there as well. Yes. Uh, to even up the odds. Um, Jake Hager had some decent little moments in there too. Uh, the match was over relatively quickly though with a powerbomb symphony. However, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus appear on the big screen, and we can't hear them. A little bit of technical issues with this one. We can't hear Christian Cage. And normally it's pretty easy to hear Christian Cage because he's shouting constantly, unless the crowds are booing. But we literally couldn't hear him for a good little bit. But eventually, though, he did say, we could hear him say, you challenged uh, Luchasaurus in an open challenge for the TNT Championship. And we accept this for Collision on Saturday. But what are you going to do when your new daddy isn't there to help you? And Arn Anderson is beaten up and bloody as he went backstage to chase off Matt Menard and Angela Parker. So he is busted up to hell and back. So the week before, Brock Anderson got the shit kicked out of him. And now Arn Anderson got the shit kicked out of him. So Warlow all of a sudden now sees Arn Anderson getting like jumped. So uh, yeah, I thought this was fine. Uh, don't hurt Arn, please. We all love Arn. Yeah, um... That's how, hey, Christian, you, you ever want to work me and get me super hated? Touch Arn Anderson. He doesn't deserve to be touched. He does not. Yes. Uh, he's a great, 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 great guy. Great hero to all of us. But, uh, yeah, it makes me wonder what's going to happen next week with the Luchasaurus and Wardlow. Is, are we going to get busted up Arn Anderson? We're not walking out bandaged up. 
ready to fight or are we going to get someone else that has Warlow's back? So we'll see. We will see, yes. But we move over to the AEW Women's World Championship match between Tony Storm and recent uh, pyromaniac uh, uh, outer and uh, kind of Kane-esque Sky Blue, if you've seen Hey Ill, I will say. I like Sky Blue. I do. I like her a lot. Um, my meeting her was awkward because uh, when we met her, uh, we had to be told by security, like, hey, like, don't put your arm around her or anything like that. And I'm like, oh, God, wrestling fans are being awkward and gross and weird and stuff like that, making her feel uncomfortable. I literally was, like, going to go to, like, take a picture with her, like, with my hand, like, by her shoulder. And I was like, I I feel awkward now. And I'm just going to just keep my hands to myself at this point. Uh, but then I found out she's a pyromaniac. And I'm like, oh, God damn. Okay. Now there's another level of intrigue with you here. Um, if you haven't seen that uh, Hey Ew uh, moment, though, it's very entertaining. I will say definitely seek that out. Um, but this was a good match, I will say. Sky Blue, I still think, has absolutely solidified herself as someone who should be consistently on the women's roster and appearing on TV. She's really good. Um, the uh, moment where she uh, <clears throat> Tony Storm looked like she was going to get uh, spray paint and then Sky Blue had her own can of spray paint to spray in Tony's eyes that were was blue – I stupidly said, she's got pepper spray. And I was like, that's not how that works. Uh, but eventually, though, Ruby Soho, though, distracts the referee as she hits the code blue. When she turns around, though, Tony Storm hits her with Storm Zero and then gets the Texas Cloverleaf in. Uh, Sky Blue taps out. They start beating up on her until Willow Nightingale uh, comes out and saves her. And then this was another match that ended up actually getting announced for Collision, the debut of Collision. We get the tag match between Ruby Soho and... And Tony Storm of the Outcast versus uh, Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale. Uh, the match I thought was pretty damn good. I would say, um, like I said, I have a, I, I am a pretty a pretty good fan of uh, Sky Blue, and I love Tony Storm. Uh, so I thought they did a good job, honestly. I think I, this was- I cannot comment on this match. I just realized as you're talking about the match that I got a call during the match and I meant to go Oops. back and watch it and I didn't. And I'm like, oh, I'm, like no. I'm listening to you and I'm like, I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. Like, <laughs> I, I'm like, like, oh yeah, I looked up and the match was over. So I literally didn't see the match. I am going to go back and watch it now that it you was just good, put it in my head. But yeah, I, yeah, I got a call during the match and I went away and the match was over. So I literally don't know what happened. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I generally on top of that kind of thing. So, yeah, go Sky Blue. Yes, go Sky Blue. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but we move over then to uh, the trios match, the main event: Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley, Claudio, and Wheeler Yuta versus they 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 lo- they mentioned how they used to be called this name and they couldn't mention it on TV, but it's the goddamn Hung Bucks is what it is. Hangman Adam okay. Page. I do and have the a Young quick Bucks. question before we go through this match, which because I want to give the match the attention it deserves. Someone online today made me wonder, like, so you have this big match for your main event for your opening show, right? And then you main event the show right before it, exactly with a six man match too. I mean, I, I we're going to talk about how this ended, but do you think that was an interesting choice? I think it was intentional. I'll tell you straight up, I think it was intentional. Yeah, I, I just like... Because, the- I mean, you, 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 you episode of Dynamite, the only reason it would be even more intentional is if they did it, it both of them in Chicago. Like, it was at this one was at Wintrust, this one was at uh, United Center. 
Um, but also, I would think it'd be kind of dumb to give Chicago the same main event just with different people. But either way, um, I think it was absolutely intentional. I mean, you've literally got the three guys that he has the most problems with. Because and then from they're facing Moxley, tell, Claudio, and Yuta. From what I can tell, he really, really doesn't have a problem with Hang. I mean, uh, Kenny Omega. I heard that Kenny Omega yeah. seems to be the one guy. Like I said, he, the only person who actually said anything past this whole point. Yes. So again, and and again, they seem like they're on the same page <laughs> at least with that idea. Yeah. So let's. I mean, like I said, I want to give this match the attention that was due. Seriously, but though, somebody yeah. brought it up today, and I didn't. I. I'm going to tell you, I had never given it a second thought. I, mean, I, I, saw, it, I saw, when I saw it, I was like, isn't this interesting? Yeah. This isn't coincidence whatsoever. Yeah. No, no. I, I'm still of the case. I don't know if the Young Bucks and Hangman sign back. I hope they do. Sincerely hope they do. But, man, it just feels like as long, if they sign back, as long as these people are in the company, they're going to eventually work together. The money, the, the not the money, because I'm like, like whatever. But the what it would do for the company, far and what it would out, do for, for wrestling, for, for what it would do for wrestling, far outweighs, far outweighs the beef they have between each other. Because they're trying to do Blackpool Combat Club in the Elite, and they're doing it well, and they're putting on amazing matches, which is this is gonna be another one. But they're putting on amazing matches, but it doesn't feel like people are emotionally invested and taking sides in this one like they would in CMFTR versus the Elite. Yeah. It's just like, oh, we love BCC. Oh, we love the Elite. Yeah, y'all go out there and have banger matches. But no one's out there like, my God, I hope the Elite kills the BCC. Or I hope the BCC kills the Elite. It's just like, oh, we're putting on really good matches. And I hope you understand the difference. They are amazing matches. But that emotional aspect that generally comes from wrestling when people feel like you have a real beef isn't there. Yeah. It's just not. I mean, I watched this I, match. I will, yeah, I will say again, if, if Punk didn't say that his contract was expiring uh, before Money in the Bank 2011 and he didn't cut that pipe bomb promo, would that Cena-Punk match even be as big as it was? Would that Chicago crowd have gone that crazy? No. I don't think they would have. They would have been loud, sure. It's his, it's their boy. But would they have been like, if Cena wins, we riot levels? Like, full on taking us back to one night stand? No. Yeah. Because and- there was a whole different element to that story with the way they took that. It went from just, oh, can Punk beat John Cena to can Punk steal the WWE championship away from the guy that everybody in this town hates against the owner and the ceo that everybody hates yeah and the, and the big thing is john moxley everyone knows it's it's that we know too much behind the scenes that john moxley is mr aew raw yes. raw siskumba cheerleader uh brian danielson's mr aew raw raw siskumba cheerleader and you know the elite don't have a problem with them so they'll work with them thumbs up buddy yay but there's no heat you're just going to put out dope matches. And uh, again, for me, Uber Wrestling fan, perfectly fine. Austin, Uber Wrestling fan, perfectly fine. That was imaginary people that, and, and I, I, they're not imaginary, they're real. They're wrestling fans. 
but they need something to make them turn on the show. I'm not calling about casuals. I, I, I hate the term casuals. I'm talking about the wrestling fans that are wrestling fans, but they're not a fan of everything. They're not just going to sit there and watch it two hours just because wrestling's on. They need something in wrestling to grab them and hold them and keep them there. I don't think Elite Elite and BCC is that because, again, no one thinks these two groups have a problem with each other. Dude, again, that's that's my dad right now. My dad was like, you know, I don't even like CM Punk, but, like, the fact that he's coming back, it gives me a reason to watch more consistently. And I'm like, see? There's, 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 there's an art, obviously, to have a good match. And I think AEW has shown you you can have outstanding matches and still put out entertaining television, even if there's not much story to it. Yes. But... You take those outstanding five-star matches and you put really good stories with it with guys who know how to tell stories, who have been to the place where they focus on stories more than wrestling, but then they're also really good wrestlers. Yeah. It's like you have a recipe for a classic. And I want to be clear. If you like dope-ass matches and you're watching every week no matter what, I am not referring to you in any way in this situation. Yeah. You're fine. I'm just saying those people, I will say my friend Jason, who watches Dynamite when he's home every week, right? But when the NBA was on, and he he turns it on Dynamite and sees anything hooks him. He then, if nothing hooks him, he turns it on and watches the NBA or watches whatever. That's what I'm saying. He's like, oh, the Elite and BCC are about to have a good match. I know it's going to be good. But, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and turn on the NBA. If Floyd tells me it's amazing, I'll watch it again later. Because he's not emotionally tied in who wins that match or loses that match. Yeah. So, again, like I said, wrestling is more than just good matches. Like, we love these good matches. We do. We do. But it's still more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could put on six good matches of for dynamite every week and i would never complain but i'm gonna watch dynamite no matter what i am the rating point you can count austin is the rating point you can count you can count us it's like we're gonna be there i we're talking about those people that literally are on the fence whether they're sticking with wrestling every week and the type of stuff that they want to see that keeps them and i'm saying right now not a lot that people get emotionally invested in. Yeah. But anyways, giving this match what it deserves, though, because holy shit, this match was nuts. The Dude, craziness of, the, of one everything. One of the best endings of Dynamite ever. Exactly. <laughs> that's the thing. This match I was already seeing, and I was just like, they are throwing everything at us. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to absorb everything. To go through every move would be stupid. Like, you just, you gotta watch it. I mean... Um, they put on a really, really good match. If you, I mean, if that's what you need to hear. If exactly. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's dope. If it's not dope, call uh, tag me. Call me stupid because that ma- this match was crazy. Willa Yuta, like as much as he just used to look like that other guy in the BCC. Oh my God, he's he he's so good. I think he's like coming out on his own, and I think he's gonna start getting his own fans. I, saying how good Claudio is every week almost is boring. That dude is just the professional. You know what I mean? He's yep. always where he's supposed to be. John Moxley, John Moxley, come on. I mean, John Moxley. I mean, yeah. And, and if you're doing a heart and soul of AEW, he's probably the heart and soul of AEW. 
It's like, yep. yeah, I mean, this dude works hard every time he gets out of the ring. And then on the other side, you have the Young Bucks and fucking Hangman Page. Well, you know, come on. This is going to be a good match. I like, I like, <laughs> it's like, there's not, there's not much else we can say on the matter, dude. There's this really was a not. great match. <laughs> they it did was a great match. They did the and, stuff. <laughs> and then, they did the stuff and then the stuff got crazy after the match with what Floyd mentioned. One of the craziest endings AEW has had on Dynamite in forever. Yeah. Uh, Claudio and Moxley jump uh, the Hung Bucks who weren't happy about the loss. And then Eddie fucking Kingston returns to AEW, sprints down to the ring, jumps Claudio immediately. Then as uh, Matt Jackson started beating up Moxley, Kingston pulls him away. Then they start getting into each other's fish because obviously Moxley and Eddie Kingston trying to figure things out, obviously. But then Moxley, Eddie has got a problem with the Bucks. Moxley has a problem with the Bucks, but Eddie, um, Eddie and um, Moxley have problems that, that they have had in the past. So everything's all complicated. And then Konosuke Takeshita comes out and jumps Eddie from behind. And then all of a sudden here comes Don Callis and his smug prick ass. Then Kenny Omega comes out, chases off Konosuke Takeshita. They trade shots, which got me so fucking gas. And then as the BCC were taken out by super kicks by Hangman and uh, uh, the Young Bucks, he looks like he's going to jump out over the top rope onto the BCC and Kanosuke. And then Will Ospreay, out of nowhere, like just fucking kicks Kenny in the head and then just lines him up, gets the blade, like elbow straight across the face. And Osprey making a statement as Forbidden Door is only a few weeks away. And then he hit him with the actual hidden blade, I think, as we were yeah. all going away. Yeah, the legit hidden blade, yeah, yeah, which was just straight up like fucking vicious. Again, let me say, I because of all the stuff they were doing for Forbidden Door, I should have suspected Will Osprey, but because of what they've been doing with Takeshita and Kenny, I thought it was going to be in with Takeshita and Kenny going yeah. at each other. And then Osprey comes out of fucking nowhere with that hook kick. And it's like, when you see the actions, interactions between Kenny Omega and Will Osprey, and if it doesn't get you excited to watch wrestling, if you haven't thrown your money in there for Forbidden Door already to buy the pay-per-view, I literally don't like what, what, what do we, what, what else, what else does it take? Again, when you talk about wrestlers, best wrestlers in the world, like general generational talents, it's like the last five years, you're talking top five wrestlers in the world. These two are always in your list. And if they're not in your list, most wrestling fans just won't respect your list. That's how good these men are. You lo- yep. you like it, or you like how they work, or not. By the end of every match they're in, you're entertained. And if you're not, like I said, we just don't like the same things. In which I again, I I you know, I try to be as unbiased as possible. I don't know what anyone could not like about Kenny Omega. I don't know what anyone could not like about Will Ospreay. There are very few wrestlers I feel that way about as far as their in-ring performance. Like, what the hell, what else do they got to do? Now, if yeah. if you're hung up on them being 6'4", six, 6'5", six, I mean, that's a whole different conversation. But when it comes to performances in the ring, 
watching Kenny Omega is yeah, watching Kenny Omega's in a singles match. You record it, you take note of it, you write down the date because it's gonna be a classic and you're gonna wanna want to come back and watch it again. Will Ospreay the same way. They are amazing at what they do. They are so exceptional at what they do. It's like you run out of adjectives and verbs and all the other different, you run out of words to say to describe how amazing they are. And you're going to take these two people, like two of the leaders in five-star matches ever, and I know some of you like, oh, it's David's opinion, whatever. But two of the leaders in five-star matches ever, and you take them and you put them in a screaming, sold-out Canadian crowd, and you say, go. They're, it's a pay-per-view, so you don't got commercial breaks. Do your art. And you don't want to put money down to see it. To me, that's, that match is worth the pay-per-view price. Nothing yeah. else. You could, throw on, you could throw on nothing but six-man, multi-man matches after that. That match is worth the price. And now you're also getting Kazuchika Okada versus Brian Daniels. Brian, uh, Daniel, Brian Daniels. Yeah, you're getting that, and you're getting that in the same card. Yeah. And they just get you a little taste. They didn't give you the whole thing. They get you a little taste. Pissed off Will Ospreay. Pissed that he lost in January. Oh, my God. There's no story. There's no story. It's ridiculous. Dude. I mean, he just beat him in January. He left him blood. Exactly. Ospreay has called Kenny Omega in the mountain that he's yet to climb. Let's fucking go for Let's the new Japan and United States title. If you don't see that as a story, you're looking away. I can't wait Straight for up. this match. It's so hype, dude. The ending to this show was insane. It's got me so gassed. Like I said, I want to be at Forbidden Door so bad. I hope we can make it happen. Um, this shit was insanely fun. Yeah, if I've gushed it's too so much, cool. it's, it's, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm okay yeah, with it. I'm going to go exactly. more next week. When we actually preview Forbidden Door, I am going to forever because this match, it's like you come away and it's like that's it's going to be one of your matches of the year. Right now, Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay, just all around, is my match of the year in wrestling. I'm imagining this match is going to either be two or it's going to beat it. I'm so gassed, dude. I'm so hyped about it. Um, But that was AEW Dynamite. we're not doing a Rampage preview, obviously. Rampage honestly, just and, finished and, up yeah, recently. Make sure you enjoy Rampage. It was a good enjoy show. Enjoy Rampage, yes. Yeah, it was a good there's show. Another gar- there's another terrifying painting of uh, Don Callis and Kanosuke Takeshita. So terrifying, you can't look away from it, just so you know, if you haven't seen it. Um, but yeah, we're going to do our preview of AEW Collision, the debut of Collision at the United Center. Miro, we get to see Miro in action. We get the Sky Blue Willow Nightingale tag match between them and Ruby and Tony Storm. Uh, Andrade will go up against Buddy Matthews. Wardlow will face Luchasaurus for the TNT Championship on the line. And then, of course, the trios match, CMFTR versus Samoa Joe, Juice Robinson and Jay White. Like, again, I've said this, like, I I I get less than twenty four hours until I don't have to be like you know. There's no waiting anymore. He's on TV again. That's 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 what's got me excited. It's been nine months, dude. Yeah. I haven't seen this dude on TV in nine fucking months. And like after he gave I got, me the I, I got best, people coming over for a, a debut of a TV show. That's how crazy. excited I am for this match. 
dude, it's crazy. This man, like I said, nine months, and it's coming off of the fact that this man gave me the best year of wrestling that I've ever had as a fan. And I didn't think it was going to continue. I said straight up, like I said, two less than two months after everything took place, I was like, he's getting bought out of his contract and we're going to be done with this. And I'll be grateful for the year that I had, but it's over. Nay, nay, it's not over. I, he, everyone's, everyone's, everyone's getting a second chance. And like I said, God. you're doing this. I'm excited and I'm going to enjoy CM Punk being back. But if you're doing this, you're doing this for the reason that we want it for. You're giving us heel CM Punk. You're giving us CMFTR versus the Elite. You're giving us all that because this is what it has to be building towards. Otherwise, what are we doing? Yeah, I enjoy CM Punk working with younger talent and getting people over. Absolutely. Absolutely. But heel CM Punk is the one that we want to see. And that's the guy who can go ahead and take the losses to help make those stars. Because you don't have to be worried about being a bit. Heels lose. That's the idea. But heel CM Punk, game changer for AEW. It's what it has to be, guys. I'm, I'm, like I said, I will enjoy whatever CM Punk I get. But this is what it's got to be. Asshole CM Punk, asshole FDR. That's what we need. We wear black hats. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, I said it. Uh, it was funny because I, 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 you know, I, I posted this on Instagram. Uh, Arn Anderson when the Horseman came back, and everybody's like, "We want the Horseman back. We want the Horseman back." A lot like me and uh, uh, Austin are like, "We want CMFTR back." He said, and this is the quote from Arn Anderson. But I feel fair to tell you, I'm not going to be responsible for what happens next because we don't wear white hats. We're not nice guys, and I can tell you this, heads are going to roll. So I've said it. Be careful what you wish for, because now you have it. And I truly think that is the, that's the best way to talk about what I feel we're about to get from CMFTR. You're, that's what's about to happen. They're going to make an impact. They didn't come on. They didn't come back to just put on a good Saturday wrestling show. They didn't. CM Punk wants to CM Punk not knowing him, never talking to that man. He wants to beat Dynamite in the ratings every week. I mean, do, do you think any different, Austin? No, I don't. I think and that man wants to come out and show that like he's a needle mover. Yeah. So yeah. much so that he can get a new TV show on a Saturday, which we haven't had Saturday wrestling in forever. And the way to get that over. And most importantly, the way they like to tell stories is stuff that can bring people in. So if you don't think something big is happening tomorrow night, I don't think the match just ends with CM Punk giving, uh, let's see, giving Juice Robinson the uh, go to sleep and then FTR hitting the shatter machine I, and then getting the one, two, three. If that's how it ends, I'm not going to be mad at it, but I, I'm going to be a little disappointed. Because you're starting a show. You're telling people. You're asking people that some are hardcore wrestling fans, some are not, to just not go see The Flash this week. Not go see Fast and the Furious uh, uh, X. Not go see Spider-Man in the universe. Not go bowling. Not go, not go out to the club. Yeah, not go out to the club. You're asking them to stay home 
and watch professional wrestling. Me and Austin, not a problem. I have I have no problem saying it. they have us. But the average person that actually that has worked all week has put in 40, 50 hours Monday through Friday, killed it, worked their ass off, took their kids to school, blah, blah, blah. They got the weekend that they can do what they want to do. And you're asking them to spend two hours in front of a screen watching you perform. Give them a reason. Exactly. And like I said, you're concerned about people not cheering for CM Punk. Don't even give them a chance. Because you've heard the crowds over the last few weeks, guys. It's not going to be completely all the way to CM Punk's favor. And he knows this. Well, tomorrow's Chicago, so. It's Chicago. Yes, I'm aware. But remember, 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 when the Elite came back, I heard fuck CM Punk chants and fuck the Elite chants when they came back to Chicago. When they were doing the whole, like, oh, I'm going to do the GTS. Oh, I'm going to do... Uh, biting, pretending to bite somebody. Oh, I'm gonna fuck up the buckshot lariat. I'm gonna do all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, 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 they, and they were getting reactions out of that. So yeah. all I'm saying is, jump on it before you even get the chance. Powerhouse. I, I love. I want to see what they do with Powerhouse Hobbs. I'm excited that. that yeah, Miro, that'll be exciting. Miro coming back. They got a lot of big meaty men to slap some meat on. Uh, oh on yeah. Their, on their collision roster. Andrade and Buddy Murphy, I mean, they're gonna—they are going to rip the house down. Give them time. Give them time. Give them fifteen. Give them fifteen minutes. Give them twenty minutes. Let them do what they do. Oh my God! I was like, I saw that, and I was like, that's one of the undercard matches. What are we doing here? So I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking really forward to Collision again. I have people coming over. Uh, I've gotten over my heartbreak that I'm not going to be in Chicago. It's not about me. It is about the CMFTR. Thanks. Shout out to Christine, the real MVP. Got me and Jackie FTR Chicago shirts. Love you to death, Christine, if you're listening. And I will see you Wednesday because I will be in Wednesday. I'll be in Chicago Wednesday uh, in Wintrust. And no, because FTR signed, is basically going to be on collision. No, I did not sell my tickets and refuse to go. I'm still going. Oh my God! I've I've just blown your mind, just blown your mind. But yeah, get to spend the day with Tyler. That's gonna be fun. I'm hoping because Pro Wrestling Tees is only like opening on when events and all that stuff. And I'm hoping with Dynamite being there Wednesday, we get a few hours of the Pro Wrestling Tees store so I can go spend some money I don't have. Um, also, I mean, okay. So again, my favorite AEW shirt ever is CMFTR shirt. But I believe they put out my second favorite shirt ever today. Did you see yeah. the Larry Is shirt? The, uh, Did you see the Larry yep. shirt? Okay. Oh, I saw it yes. in the style of the hot rod. Yeah, and it, that was lost on me. I I have a thing for ugly dogs. Like, that's my thing. I just think they're the cutest, and I want to put them in my pocket and keep them forever. So, but like traditionally ugly, you know what I mean. I don't think Larry's ugly personally, yep. but you know what? You know, like got the teeth, the underbite, and the scraggly face. Oh my god! Uh, you understand? Heart melts. I am not an overly affectionate dog person or anything like that. But you give me an ugly dog like Larry, and now you put Larry on the shirt. I mean, it was like, can I just direct deposit? Why? Why did you even ask for my money? Just take it. Done. 
that shirt is done. It's going to be wore often. And people are going to be like, is that your dog? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not badass enough to own this dog. But No. <laughs> no, it's awesome. I'm going to have it ordered pretty soon. Like I said, I just got my uh, CM Punk MJF Blood and Guts dog collar match uh, figures. It's yes. amazing. Um, I, I'm i going to wait, hopefully, to get paid pretty soon. Because like I said, I, I spent a decent amount of money recently. And I got to calm down a bit. But uh yeah i'm getting that as soon as humanly possible but buy the shirt that yeah buy the shirt it's sick as hell um that though is gonna do it though for this episode of all things elite now uh floyd you guys are doing a collision episode you did confirm that i did confirm it the plan is right after collision is over to do an episode of the show i'm hoping it's with jr that is the goal uh, uh, or Jr. Maybe even I might catch Dave, but it's gonna. The goal is Jr. That's who I've asked. He's said, you know, I'm gonna be there. So we generally watch the show together, like while I'm on the phone or whatever. And I'll, like I said, I'll have a few people over. We'll shoot to record right after this show. Will be up first thing in the morning. Yep, and then I will not be able to be on the show in a live capacity because I will have work. But I plan on sending my thoughts specifically on the main event. That's yes. really all I'll comment on. So because... I'm going to wait a little later Sunday morning, so it'll give you time to get it recorded and sent over. Yep, so it should be there in pretty decent time, and you'll probably touch on everything that I'll touch on, that I would have touched on on everything else on the show, um, but of course, I'm a punk fanboy. I want to talk about my boy coming back, so we'll get that out there. You guys make sure to tune into that. But that will do it for this episode of All Things Elite. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode and tuning into the show every week. We really do appreciate you again. Sorry for the slight delay because work caught me off guard a little bit. Uh, but guys, make sure you continue to download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, first off, thank you. And please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish, and subscribe. So you don't miss an episode and you get notified whenever we drop. Um, and also, don't forget, leave a rating and a review. It helps out the show. And uh, follow us on Twitter. We are at Pod on Twitter. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And I, personally, will leave you with this. Enjoy wrestling. You can enjoy the muddy drama shit. Don't let it cause you to like completely divide this incredible fan base and this incredible like community that wrestling has. Wrestling fans meeting each other in the wild is a lovely thing that I enjoy, even if you don't have the same opinions as me. I am friends with somebody who has one of the worst wrestling opinions can collectively some of the worst wrestling opinions I've ever heard. Still a very good friend of mine. It doesn't have to be like this. Enjoy wrestling. Whether you like CM Punk, whether you hate CM Punk, whether you like the elite, whether you hate the elite, enjoy wrestling. I mean that wholeheartedly, like I said. It doesn't have to be like this, guys. Just enjoy the shit, because it's going to be a wild ride. I promise you that. And I will get off my soapbox, and I will pass it off to Floyd, so he can take us home on this episode of All Things Elite. I will say this. 
ditto to everything he just said. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And I'll leave you how I always leave you. Whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.